Thank you for choosing to listen to today's message by Reverend Dr. David Entry. We know you will be blessed as you seek and serve God. We believe that this message will stir up a desire for more of God, even as you listen. Be blessed. Hebrews chapter 6, verse, verse 19 talks about how uh, this hope goes within the veil. This hope, which is sure and steadfast. This hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which enters the presence behind the veil. King James says that it enters within the veil. Okay? It enters into that within the veil. And so our hope goes within the veil. Then verse 20 says that where Christ, where, uh, with uh, the King James talks, uh, the new King James says that where, uh, where the forerunner has entered for us, even Jesus. And so here, right here, you notice that Jesus is our forerunner. Jesus is our forerunner. Having become a high priest forever, I like that. Having become a high priest forever, he's the forever high priest. Having become a high priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. And so his high priesthood is according to the order of Melchizedek. Then the next verse says that for this Melchizedek, okay, this Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the Most High, who met Abraham returning from the slaughter of the kings and blessed him. To him, verse 2, says, to whom also Abraham gave a tenth. He gave the tithe, the tenth part, that the tithe of all, first being translated king of righteousness and then also king of Salem, meaning the king of peace. So, Bible says that the forerunner has entered. Christ, our forerunner, he has entered into the holies of holies. He has entered the, the, the very presence within the veil on our behalf. And so, first of all, this Easter, I've been teaching on within the veil or within the veil and outside the camp. Within the veil, what has within the veil got to do with us? And the, the, um, in Hebrews, he says that, let us come boldly. Hebrews chapter 4, verse, verse, verse 16. Hebrews 4.16 says that, let us therefore, anytime you are reading the Bible and you come, uh, Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16, it says that let us come boldly. It speaks about how we should come boldly before the throne of grace. Let's look at it. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16. Hebrews 4.16 says, let us therefore, anytime you read your Bible and you come across therefore, I always say this, pause to think about what that therefore is therefore. Therefore always doesn't start a statement. It's a continuation of something. So he's talking about since we have a high priest, Hebrews chapter 4 verse 14, he says that we have a high priest Christ who has passed through the heavens. Christ who has passed through the Jesus the son of God. Let us hold fast our confession. Verse 15 talks about for we do not have a high priest who cannot be seen who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was at all pointed that just as we are and yet without sin. Okay. Then the verse 16 said, therefore, because we have a high priest, if you remember, this our high priest has is, there, is our forerunner. Let so therefore, so let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. And so, because our, 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 our high priest has gone ahead of us, has gone into the holies of holies, Bible is now enjoining us to come. That's the point I want to make here. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 22, he said, come, he says that, um, Hebrews 22, he said, let us draw near with a true heart. He's talking about we should draw near. Verse 19 talks about since we have uh, uh, verse 9 therefore brethren you see that therefore always shows up we could see uh, Hebrews always will tell us that the scriptures normally will tell us the doctrine 
all right? He will tell us the doctrine, what God has done. And then after the doctrine, it, gives, it tells us our duty, what we are supposed to do. So it always starts from what God has done and what you are supposed to do based on what God has done. But never forget about that principle. And so our justification and then our sanctification, what we are supposed to do. So it starts with God, what God has done, our justification. Salvation, salvation worked for us. All right, salvation worked into us, and then the other part is salvation worked out. So you said, now work out your own salvation. You have to take the responsibility of working it out. In Philippians, he said, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Philippians chapter 2, sorry. So we are supposed to work out our own salvation. So salvation worked in first before salvation worked out. Justification first before sanctification. Come to him first, and then he empowers you to do. It's not do so that he will accept you. So he, it is, in Christianity, it is always come to God and he appears you to do. Not do so that God can allow you to come to him. And so here, he says that since we, uh, therefore, Hebrews chapter 10 verse 19, Hebrews 3, 10 19 says that, therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holy, who? Who has boldness to enter the holy? Of, talking about us. No, but we understand that the holies of holies, nobody is, no one is allowed to go there. According to Hebrews chapter 9, no one is about allowed to go there except the high priest who goes there once every year. Not without blood. Hebrews chapter 9 verse 7. Okay, so he goes there once every year. Hebrews 9 7. The high priest goes there. The second part, uh, the, the second part, um, but into the second part, the high priest went alone. Once He's the only one who could go there. Once a year, not without blood, which he offered for himself and for the the, 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 the people uh, the, for the people's sins committed ignorance. So now here we can see the scriptures is telling Hebrews chapter 10 verse 19 that let us draw near. Okay, therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter by the blood of Jesus, and verse 20, verse 20, and a new and a living way which he consecrated for us through the veil, let that is his flesh. Verse 22, and having a high priest over the house of God. Okay, verse 22, let us draw near. Let us draw near. Now, draw near to what? Come into the Holy Sophon, but you're not supposed to come. Now, the, the real question here is, it's not so much about... It's not so much about come into the holies of holies, okay? It's not just, that's not just the, the, the fact. The main point here is that, the, where is the holies of holies? Where are we? And where are we supposed to come? It's that come, come boldly before the throne of grace. But according to Revelation chapter 4 verse 2, the throne of grace is not here. The throne of grace is in heaven. Immediately I was in the spirit and behold, a throne set in heaven. The throne of grace is in heaven. And here we are told to come boldly before the throne of grace. The throne of grace is in heaven. Yet we said, Bible says, come to the throne. And we are on earth. So the throne in heaven and we are on earth. And yet scripture says that come boldly before the throne of grace. How does that work then? That's why I'm here. I want to show you that after I show you how we are approaching the throne of grace, where the throne of grace is and how we are to go before the throne of grace, and then I am going to also show you after that, after that how um, we have become the sons of God, and because we are the sons of God, how, um, on, on what premise do we become the sons of God? And before even that, I'm going to talk to you about how, when, at what point in time did Jesus become a high priest? At what point in time? He's a high priest. When? Was he high priest before he came on earth? Mm -hmm. Was he high priest 
when he was walking on earth, when uh, he was the son of Mary, walking on in his physical life, the, Jesus, the son of David, was he at that point high priest? At what point in time did he become high priest? I'm going to show you that after talking about where the holies of holies is. Okay, when he says that we should come before the throne of grace, I'm going to show you where the uh, throne of grace, and then I'm going to talk about um, uh, high priest. At what point in time did Jesus become high priest and the son of God? That's, then I'm going to finish it by talking about the since his high priest, what is his role? The heavenly, the role or the various aspects of the heavenly Jesus. <laughs> the, he, the, his various aspects. Okay, I'm going to talk about that. So now let's go, let's go into the throne of grace. He said, come boldly before the throne of grace. Why is the throne of grace? But we can see the throne is in heaven and we are on earth. So how can we come to the throne of grace? Now, in, in Romans chapter chapter 8, verse, verse 34, Romans chapter 8, verse 34 tells us that Jesus is seated on the throne. Who is, who, who is he who condemns? Is it uh, uh, it, sorry, it is Christ who died, and furthermore, is also re risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. So Christ is at the right hand of God. That's where Christ is. Remember that. But look at verse 10 of, of Ro uh, Romans chapter 8, verse 10. Romans chapter 8, verse 10 says that, and if Christ is in you, uh, where is Christ? Christ is sitting in the right hand of God, and yet he said he's in you, all right? So if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit, see, capitalized, the spirit is life because of righteousness. So now, the point I want to make here is that Christ is in us and is in our spirits. Don't forget that. Christ is in us, he's in our spirit. And the Bible says that Christ is also seated uh, on the right hand of God. At the same time, he's in us. And then he's also seated at the right hand of God. And he said, come boldly before the throne of grace. Now, Christ being in us, he is in our spirits. In Second Timothy chapter 4, verse 22. Second Timothy chapter 4, he said, The Lord Jesus Christ be well with your spirits. The spirit is small as human spirit. So where Christ, God deals with us is from our, in, in the realm of our spirit. So he said, he said, the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. I think in Galatians chapter 6, verse 18 or 6, verse 17, 6, verse 16, somewhere there, it talks about how he is in our spirits, how he deals with us based on our spirits. Galatians chapter 6, verse 16, 17 and 18, somewhere there. He said, brethren, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirits. Okay? And so, when we talk about come to Christ, already we, are, we can find that Christ dealing with us is based on our spirits because he's in our spirits. And now, watch this. Christ is called the ladder of Jacob, the heavenly ladder. In John, or let, before I go even to John, I think it's better I talk about Jacob. I talk about how Jacob, in Genesis chapter 28, verse 12 to 17, Jacob had an encounter with God. Bible says, Genesis chapter 12, chapter 28, verse 12, then he dreamed, and behold, a ladder was set up on earth. Very interesting. Don't miss that one. A ladder was set up on earth, and its top reached to the heavens, and there the angels of God were doing what? Ascending and descending. Verse 12. Ascending and descending. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I'm the Lord God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac, and, uh, and the land on which you, I'll give it to you. Verse, verse 14. Verse 14. And as your descendants, I'll bless them. Verse 15. Look at this. Verse 15. Verse 15 says that, behold, I am with you, and I'll bless you. Now, verse 
verse 16. So the guy woke up from it. So Jacob woke up from his sleep. Remember the dream he had? The dream he had is that he saw heaven. Okay, he saw a ladder, heaven open, and there was a ladder connecting heaven and earth, and angels were ascending and descending. And what this? And Jacob woke up from his sleep, and he said, surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know. And he called the place Bethel, the house of God. Very important. So he said, surely the house was, the Lord was here, and I did not know. Now, what did he see? He saw about the house of God. He saw a ladder connecting heaven, and God was standing at the top of it, and to earth. And angels were ascending and descending. Now look at John chapter 1. John 1, John chapter 1, verse 51. John chapter 1, verse 51. Jesus Christ says, I am the ladder. Jesus said, and he said to him, that you see the he, talking about Jesus, okay? And he said to him, most assuredly I say to you, here, hereafter you shall see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descend, descending upon the Son of Man. And so he says that the Son of, the, the ladder Jacob saw, collecting heaven to earth, I am he. He said, I am he. You see the son of, the, the son of man, he said, you see the heavens open and the angels of God ascending and descending on, upon the son of man. And so Jesus Christ is the ladder, the connection point between heaven and earth. And now he's in our spirit and he's on the throne. And so he is in our spirit dealing with us. The throne, of, the throne room of God is talking about we should come to. He's in our spirits. He is in our spirits. And so as a Christian, that is why he says that be in the spirit. Walk in the spirit. Because when you enter the spirit, that's where you do spiritual. That's where you do heavenly. That's where you do divine transactions. Divine transactions for the believer happens in his spirit. So until you enter your spirit where Christ is, Christ is in our spirits. The grace of God comes upon us in our spirit. So as I quoted earlier, second. Timothy chapter 4 verse 22 it says the Lord the, the Lord the, the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit grace be with you grace is the is the Lord Jesus Christ Jesus came with grace Bible says that of, uh, John chapter 1 verse 16 of his fullness have we received grace of his fullness have we all received and grace for grace, grace for grace. In verse 17, he said, the law was given by Moses. The law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came. Law given, grace came. Grace here is personified. Grace is not being uh, described as an object, but it's personified because the law was is here described as an object. The law was given, but grace came. Grace came. How did he come? Through uh, grace came through Jesus. So when Jesus came, grace came. That's why he says that the Lord be with your spirit. Grace be with you. That Galatians chapter 6, verse 18, we read about grace be with your spirit. The grace of God. Galatians 6, verse 18. Brethren, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. So the transaction happens in the spirit. So don't forget Hebrews chapter, I like this one. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16. It says that therefore come boldly before before what? The throne of grace. He said, come boldly before the throne of grace. Therefore, come. So it's, it's a throne of grace. It's not a throne of judgment. So, so when you come, enter your spirit, when you begin to relate with God, that is why to walk in the flesh as a Christian is too costly. It's too costly as a Christian to walk in the flesh. Bible says that for those who are, Romans chapter 8, verse 5. Romans chapter 8, verse 5 talks about, for those who live according to the flesh, set their minds, set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the 
spirit, what is the things of the spirit? So our minds should be set on the things of the spirit. We should walk according to the spirit. If you walk according, go to the next verse, verse 6. Verse 6 says that, for to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. He's talking about Christians. This is talking, this text is talking about Christians, not unbelievers. Christians, unbelievers can't live from the spirit because they don't have life in their spirits. When we are born again, we have the life of God, the Zoe of God. He comes into us. Bible says, when Jesus resurrected from the dead, okay, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 45, Bible says that the first Adam, the first Adam, uh, and, uh, 1 Corinthians 15, he said, so it is written, the first Adam became a living being. The last Adam, talking about, talking about Jesus Christ, became, the word became, don't ignore it, the last Adam became, so here, it says, the last Adam became a life-giving spirit. Jesus, when he came out of the resurrection, when he resurrected, after his resurrection, guess what? He became a life-giving spirit. That is why he says that Christ lives in our spirit. Christ is in your spirit. Because, and he, because he's a life-giving spirit, when he comes into your spirit, he gives you life. He issues out the life of God, which spreads from your spirit into your soul and into your body. Depending on how much you, you, set, you walk by the spirit, live, uh, uh, set your mind on the things of the spirit, and feed your spirit man. Hallelujah. And so now, I've established the fact that when when he said, come before the throne of grace, he's talking about enter the spirit. Our forerunner, Hebrews chapter 6, verse 20, he said, wherein our forerunner, he's talking about the throne of grace, the holies of holies, wherein our forerunner Christ has entered for us. He's the forerunner so that we can also come. This makes sense. You know, in the scriptures, he said in John chapter 14, ah, I'm deviating a little bit, but I'll come back. In John chapter 14, he says that, believe in the Father, verse 1, believe, he said, for John 14, verse 1, he said, he said let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. And watch this. The next one, he says that for in my father's house, there are many mansions. That word translated mansions is abode. There are many abodes. Mansions. Because there can be a mansion in the house. That There can be abodes. Okay? Or dwelling place. Dwelling. In my father's house, there are many dwellings. And watch this. He said, if it was not so, I would not, tell, I would not have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. He said, I go to prepare a place for you. That's when they said that, um, um, show us where you are going. And we can. He said, I go to prepare a place. And when he went to the Father, guess what? He came and then brought us into that, into the Father, into the Spirit. That's why Romans, uh, sorry, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6, he said, we are seated together in heavenly places with Christ. Because where he is, there we are. But this thing is in our spirit. It happens in our spirit. It takes place in your spirit. And so you, as a believer, it's too expensive to live in the flesh. It's too, Satan's job now, is to distract you to walk in, to distract you to make you walk in the flesh to cause you to walk in the flesh so if he has to bring wrong uh, 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 ideas around you or introduce you to wrong association intro, cause people to offend you cause someone to push you his assignment is to push and push and push and push you until you begin to operate in the flesh hallelujah now so when he said come boldly into the uh, uh, come boldly before the throne of grace he's talking about coming into your spirit 
That's one. Now, now all these things are happening, or all these things are a reality because of the resurrection. We can come boldly before the throne of grace because of the resurrection. Because Christ, our high priest, has uh, our, our forerunner, has entered the, uh, the holies of holies, has entered the most holy place for us. And now he said, you to come because I've gone there. I've gone ahead of you. So you to come. Come to the holy of holies. But the point here is, at what point in time did he become high priest? Hebrews chapter 5. Hebrews chapter 5, verse, um, reading from this one quickly. For every high, every, high, every high priest, I'm reading King James, for every high priest taken from amongst men is ordained for men in things pertaining to God that he may offer both gifts and sacrifices. High priest, okay? Who can, who can have compassion on, uh, on the ignorant and on them that are out of the way for that he himself also is, is compassed with uh, infirmities. Verse 3, and by reason the, uh, hereof he ought as for the people, so also for himself to offer offer for sins. Verse 4, watch this. So he's talking about this uh, high priest who is so honored by God to go into the presence of God where no one can go. He goes there to offer sacrifices on the behalf of the people. Now look at verse 4. And he says that no man takes this honor upon himself, but he, uh, but he that is called of God, as Aaron was. So no one appoints himself to be a high priest. Take notice of that. Bible here tells us that no man takes, no man takes this honor upon himself, but he that God, he that is called of God, just as Aaron was called of God. And so now, Jesus becoming a high priest, see, look to the next verse, verse 5. Verse 5, I like that. Verse 5 says, oh, watch this, watch this. Did you, can you see that? Verse 5 says that, so also, when you're reading the Bible, you come across these phrases. So also, likewise, okay, likewise, also, also, even more, much more, the same way, in order that don't take them lightly. They are very serious pointers to something very important. So he said, so also, the way no one takes the honor of himself, so also, watch this, Christ glorified not himself to be, to be made an high priest. He didn't glorify himself to be made a high priest, but, so how did he become a high priest? He, he, but he, he that said to him, okay, let's go to the uh, New King James, because I, I like the New King James, he puts the him there. He, talking about God, said to him, Christ. Okay? So he that said to him, you are my son. Today I have begotten. When did Christ become a high priest? The day he, Father, told him, you are my son. So, and he said, today I have begotten you. No, no, no. But, but John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten, already begotten son. So before Jesus came on earth, he was the only begotten, the monogenes, the only begotten son of the Father. In John John chapter 1, verse 14. John chapter 1, verse 14, verse 18. John 1, 14 said, The word became flesh uh, and dwelt among us, and we, we beheld his glory after the glory of the only begotten of the Father. So when he came, we saw it, that he's the only begotten of the Father. Verse 18, verse 10, no one has seen the Father, no one has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, who is in the bosom of the Father, he has declared him to us. So before Jesus went to the cross, before he was born, he was the Son, the only begotten. For God so loved the world that he gave his 
only begotten. The only be so before he came on earth, he was the only begotten of the Father. So now here, why is Bible saying that uh, Hebrews chapter five verse five, quoting from Psalm, the book of Psalms, Hebrews chapter five verse five? Why is he saying that today I have begotten? When is that today? Or when was that today? When was he begotten? Now that's why I want to talk to you about. Now the next verse before I come to that day, the next verse says that. As he also said in another place, you are a priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. So he said, I have begotten. He was talking about Christ didn't take the priesthood upon himself. Then, so he said that to prove that Christ didn't take the priesthood upon himself, he said that that's how he said, today I have begotten you. The verse 5, he said, God swore, God said, uh, you are my son, today I have begotten you. Then he connects his being begotten as a son to the fact that he was also declared as a high priest after the order of Melchizedek. And so they are they are directly related. Being, a, being the son, the same time he was declared as the son, it was the, 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 very, the very moment, the very time, that the time he was declared to be the son was the same time he was declared to be the high priest. So now, at what point in time was that? Was, did that happen? I want to show you, okay? In Acts chapter 13, verse 33. Acts chapter 13, verse 33, it's a continuation from verse 32. But it said, God, so talking about the promise that God made to the fathers, God has fulfilled this for us, their children. This is when um, uh, the apostles were addressing the people. He said, so he said that um, God has fulfilled to us, that's talking to the Israelites, their children, in that he, watch this, in that he raised up Jesus. When did he fulfill the promise? When he raised up Jesus. As it is written, you are my son. Today I have begotten you. So you see, there is a, a connection between when he declared you are my son, today I have begotten you, and the time he raised him from the dead. The resurrection, the, oh, oh, you don't have to miss this, brother, sister, you don't have to miss this. The resurrection declared, he was declared to be the son of God by the resurrection. Through the, uh, uh, Romans chapter 1 verse 4. Look at this. And, okay, let's go to verse 3, just to make sense of what we're... Concerning his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who was born of the born of the seed of David according to the flesh. Say flesh. So he was born according to the flesh, okay? Born of the seed of David according to the flesh. What is According to the flesh, okay? So he's talking about the human Jesus. Not the monogenes, the only begotten of the Father who... Before he was the only begotten of the Father, he wasn't... He didn't have flesh. So he took on flesh. The word, John 1, 14, and the word became flesh. He took on flesh. Romans chapter 8, I think verse 3. Put, I think, let, let, let's check that. Romans chapter 8, verse 3. It talks about, for the law was weak through, um, so what the law could not do, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of human sinful flesh. So he wasn't flesh, but he had to take on flesh. Uh, um, Philippians chapter chapter 2, it talks about who in the, he was he did not count to be equal with God, but humbled himself and took on, verse 7. Verse 7 talks about how he humbled, he took on, he made himself no reputation, taking the form of a bone servant, and watch this, coming in the likeness of men. In the, remember this, Jesus, in eternity, he wasn't a man. He was all God. 
Okay, when he was the only begotten, he was all God. He wasn't man. But when he was born, he came, he took, he entered the womb of Mary. He wrapped himself, he clothed himself with humanity. He was born as a human babe. He grew up as a human babe. He was born as a human babe. He grew up, up as a human babe, as a human being. At where we eat, sat where we sat, experienced all the human. No That's why I said he was like he was at all points tempted like as we are. He was very much like us. So this human Jesus, watch this. This human Jesus was born according to, in the flesh, according to uh, uh, Romans chapter one verse four, Romans chapter verse three. Sorry, Romans chapter one verse three. He says that he, um, but he, uh, concerning his son Jesus Christ, who was born of the seed of David according to the flesh. But according to the spirit, he wasn't born. He was already existing, okay? He was before he showed up. That's why he could say, sorry, John chapter 8, that before Abraham, I am. Before Abraham, I am. So, now, he was born, watch this, he was born according to the flesh, the seed of David. Watch this. Romans chapter, Romans chapter, let's look at it on the screen again. Romans chapter 1, verse 3. Okay, it says that concerning the son, uh, concerning his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who was born of the seed of David according to the flesh. Now look at the next verse. Look at the next verse. And declared, eh? and this seed of David was declared, declared to be the son of God. This is not the only begotten. He's not talking about the only begotten here. He's talking about the firstborn son out of the dead, from the dead, from the grave. He wasn't the only one who resurrected first. Others were brought back to life, but he was the only one who defied death. His resurrection was a death-defying resurrection, never to die again, because the Bible says in Hebrews that he lived forever. Hebrews chapter 7, verse 16, actually, verse 16 talks about he has the indestructible life, who has come according to the law of the fleshly, not according to the law of flesh command, but according to the power of an endless life. Some translations use indestructible, endless life, okay? A, a indestructible life. He has come according to the power of an indestructible life. So verse, verse 25 says that say, say, uh, he ever liveth, verse 25, that therefore he's also able to uh, to save to the uttermost. Ah, maybe I'll end on this, save to the uttermost. Those who come to God through him, since he always lives, Jesus always lives. So his, his resurrection is a death-defying resurrection. His resurrection, Bible says that in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 9, who has abolished death? He, who saved us, uh, 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 saved us and called us with the Holy Ghost? Not according to our works, okay? Um, let's go to the verse 10, uh, talking about Jesus Christ, verse 10. But has now been revealed by the appearing of our Savior, our Savior Jesus Christ, who has done what? Je Jesus Christ abolished death. Who has abolished death and brought life and immortality to life? Abolished death. He abolished. He, he ab Do you know what it means to abolish death? He canceled death. He stopped death in his tracks. And he brought life and immortality to light. So when Jesus Christ resurrected, watch this. His resurrection, that's what makes his resurrection different. But he was declared, Romans chapter 1 verse 5 again. Who was declared? Declared the son of God. Romans chapter 1 verse 4. He says that, and declared to be the son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness. How was it done? By the resurrection from the dead. Huh. That's when God God said, you are my son. Today I have begotten you. It was the resurrection. The resurrection begot Jesus into... He, watch, watch this. He came... Let me 
let me use this. So this is this is um, Jesus. Okay, let's say this is the Spirit Jesus in eternity. He came and took on human flesh and wrapped himself, and he and humanity became one. So he mingled himself with humanity so much that when you see Jesus, he said, "If you have seen me, you have seen the Father. I and the Father are one. This this is God in the flesh." And guess what? He he goes into the death, abolishes death with humanity, and elevates humanity. That's resurrection. And when he resurrected, he took humanity into divinity. Hallelujah. That's what this is holding. And so the, the exalted humanity is what is called, is called the firstborn son of God. Colossians chapter 1, verse 18. I, Jesus, I love the word of God. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead. The firstborn that in all things he may have all things Jesus may have. He's the firstborn from the dead. Now look at Romans. Romans. Romans chapter Romans chapter 8 verse 29. Verse 28. Verse 28. Most Christians know. Uh, verse 28. Uh, uh, all things work together for good. Uh, but look at verse 29. For him for whom he foreknew, God foreknew, God also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. Why? That the son might be the firstborn among many. So he's the firstborn. That means the others are coming. So God took him in his body. He elevated humanity and then and Jesus became a cast or a prototype. Okay? He became like a prototype. He became the form to mold, remold the many sons. So when you come to Jesus, God pushed you into Jesus. Now you become a son of God. He pushed you into Jesus. You become a son of God. That's why the foreigners entered for us. So it only takes sons. So when you come in, you become the son of God. But how did we also become the son? It's the same resurrection. First Peter chapter 1 verse 3. First Peter chapter 1, he said, Blessed be God. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant message has been gotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. <laughs> Hallelujah. He has begotten us again into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Ah, I feel that. I feel very excited here. Praise the Lord. So he has begotten us. How were we begotten? Through the resurrection. Because you can't be a son of God without the, outside of the resurrection. Therefore, that's why, after that, because he is the son, the forerunner has gone. When you come into him, he says you to come. Come, draw near, draw near, draw near to God. Draw near to God because you are a son. This is a, a family affair. It's a family affair. It's more than just dying and going to heaven. It's possessing the life of God. And so Bible puts it this way. In Galatians chapter 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 4, Galatians chapter 4, verse, verse 6, it, it talks about how because we are sons, okay, because we are sons, and it says that and because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your heart, which cries, there is an God's DNA is in us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's what the resurrection does for us. So remember, let me recap what I've said so far before I move on further. What, what I've said so far is number one, the, resu the resurrection, what it does for us is that it's, first of all, the resurrection made Jesus. God, Jesus was declared by the resurrection to be the son of God. Not the only begotten, but the first begotten, firstborn son.
so that we can meet his many brethren. Hebrews, I don't want to be quoted to him, but Hebrews chapter 2, it talks about how he's the captain of our salvation in bringing many sons to glory. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 11 and 12, he said, for him who sanctifies, he who, for he who sanctifies, remember Jesus is the sanctifier, for he who sanctifies and those who are being sanctified, that's us, are all of one, for which reason he's not ashamed to call them brethren. All right, no, let's look at verse 10. The verse 10 is where, uh, verse 10 says, for it's fitting for him, for whom are all things, in, and by whom are all things, in bringing many sons to glory. That's where we are going. He's bringing us into glory. He's bringing, him bringing many sons into glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through suffering. So Jesus came to suffer, fulfilled everything required for us to now come into glory. So when you are going to, when you are going to God, glory is not, not, not talking about after resurrection, after you have died. No, 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 no. On earth, for they, those he foreknew, he also predestined. Those he pre pre to be conformed to the image of the son that he may be the first one more many brethren. Those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, Romans 8.30. Those he justified, he also glorified. Our, we are heading towards glor being glorified. Where? Both on earth and in heaven because he said as we observe the, the image we are being changed from glory to glory that means that there's, a, there's an amount of glory you have been introduced into Romans 3 23 for all have sinned and have fought short have fallen short of the glory of, of the Lord in Hebrews chapter 1 verse uh, Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3 talking about Jesus Christ that Jesus Christ who being the brightness of his glory the express image of his person so when you see Jesus glory of God is in manifestation and now we are being cloned into his image and so those he also justified, he glorified. That's where we are going. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17 and verse 18, he said, as we behold it, it like in the mirror, uh, down the Lord, remember this, remember this, it's good to put this screen, the Lord is the spirit, remember that. The Lord, and he deals with us in our spirit. But verse 18 is the one I'm looking for. But we all ask uh, with unveiled faces, uh, uh, beholding us in the mirror, what are we, the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from what? Glory to glory. From glory to glory. From, so we are getting into glory. But the point here is that he, he Jesus Christ, Hebrews chapter, chapter, chapter 2, verse 10, in bringing many sons to glory, okay, God was bringing many sons to glory, made the captain of our salvation, uh, made the captain of our salvation perfect through suffering. So we are being brought into glory. We the sons of God. We are now the sons of God because of the resurrection. Don't forget this. We are now the sons of God because of the resurrection. Now that Jesus is a high priest, what is he doing for us? The heavenly Jesus. Now, I want to explain some things to you, brothers and sisters, that some, a book like the, the, book, the book of Hebrews, when you read the, all, the, the, all the other epistles, when you read all the other epistles, it describes Jesus as in us. It talks about the Christ in us. Christ, like we read in Romans chapter, chapter 8, verse 10, Christ is in your spirit. Christ is in your spirit. Christ in us. Christ in us. Most of the epistles of Paul, you always see Christ in us. The Christ in us. But in Hebrews, when you, we hit Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 1, right from verse 3, it talks about the ascended Christ. And now, so who being the brightness, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, God's person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, what did he do? He didn't stay on the cross. He did, the cross, he was just there. He just he went to execute a function, went to finish it, and left. 
left the cross, resurrected, and then went to heaven and went into the throne and made a way for us to come. That's why I said that I'm going to prepare a place for you. And it's not about when we die before we go to heaven that the place is ready. When he died and he resurrected, we too, we, once we come into him, we are where he is. We are in God. He brought us into God. Jesus Christ brought Emmanuel. He brought God into man. And in his death and resurrection and ascension, he took man into God. And that's why we have to enter and begin to relate with God from. Now, so as I was saying, Jesus Christ, in his ascension, he went and he sat at the right hand, or he sat at the right hand of majesty. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3 says that after he has purged our sins, he sat, okay, after he has purged, sat down. He sat down, he's seated. He's not still standing like the other former high priest. They are always standing every time. No, they have to do it daily. But he's seated. He's seated. He's not standing anymore. According to Hebrews chapter 10, verse 11, 12, verse 11 and 12, 10, 11 and 12, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 10, 11 and 12, it talks about how as every high priest ministers daily and offering repeatedly the same sacrifice, which can never take away sins, verse, 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 verse 12. But this man, after verse 10, Let's look at the verse 10. Verse 10 says that, but that, but that will, by, sorry, by that will, we have been sanctified through the offering of the body, the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. Okay, and then verse 11 talks about how the priest stand daily offering sins, offering sacrifice that cannot take away sin. But verse 12 says that, but, but this man, talking about Jesus, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, remember that, he offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down at the right hand of God. He sat down. And so, right from the beginning of Hebrews, chapter 1, verse 3, it talks about this heavenly Jesus. The Christ in me helps me to deal with the flesh, helps me to deal with self, and helps me to deal with the natural man. The Christ in me helps me to deal with self, the flesh, and the natural man. But the... the Heavenly Christ, the Christ today, the Christ who is seated in heaven, who is the same one who is in me, his heavenly role is to, his heavenly role is to infuse us, transfuse us, transfuse, infuse and transfuse himself into us, all that he is into us. So that we will be, so that he will strengthen us, we will receive strength, he will infuse heaven into us, strength into us, and life into us, so that we will be able to live the heavenly life on earth. In all is in all spheres of life, he will be holding our hand, he will be holding us, leading us through, as he being the way, leading us through all the various aspects of life, the pathways of life, as he brings us into glory. So his assignment now, he's seated on, on the throne of God, the heavenly Jesus. What is he doing? The heavenly Jesus is ministering, remember this, he's ministering himself into us. He's ministering himself into us. He's ministering himself into us, one, and he's interceding on our behalf. Interceding for forgiveness of sins, no. He's not interceding for our sins to be forgiven because as long as God is concerned, when you come into Christ, sin is history. So he's not interceding for our sins to be forgiven. You want to know what he's interceding about? I'm going to show you if the time permits me. But before I do that, I want to talk to you about that he's seated in heaven in different aspects, about 20 aspects. His heavenly priesthood has about 20 aspects. There are about 20. Number one, one, he's seated in heaven as God. Hebrews chapter 1, verse, verse 8. He's God. Okay, he says that you are your throne, oh God. He's seated as God. He's seated as man. 
Bible says that there's no, there's one, there's one God and one mediator between God and man, even the man Christ Jesus. First Timothy chapter 2, verse 5, the man Christ Jesus. He's a mediator, okay? So uh, uh, between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. And Hebrews chapter 2, verse 6, it talks about, he said to the, uh, he said, who, who are, uh, what, are, what, what is man that you are man? He's talking about Jesus there. When the angels, that scripture in Psalm, Psalm, in the book of Psalm, what Psalm 8, what is man that you are so mindful? What is Christ? Christ had become man. So he is man, okay? So one, he's God, he's man, he's seated as the son of God. In, in, in Hebrews chapter 1, verse, verse 5, Hebrews chapter 1, verse 5, he says that uh, you are my son, okay? You are my son, today I've begotten you. Again, so he's seated as the son of God. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 6, he's seated there as the son of man. So he's seated there as God, as, as man, as the son of God, as the son of man. Hallelujah! That's, that's in the person of God, in the person of man, in the person of the son of God, in the person of the son of man. And he's seated there as the appointed heir of all things. Hebrews chapter, chapter 1 verse 2. He's the appointed heir of all things. Hebrews chapter, chapter 1 verse 9. He's the anointed one of God. He's the, so he's the, number four, 5, he's the appointed heir of all things. Number 6, he's the anointed one of God. All right. Number, number 7, he's the captain of our salvation. We just read it. The captain of our salvation. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 10. The captain of our salvation. Number 8, he's not just the captain of our salvation, but Hebrews chapter 2 verse 7, he's uh, verse, verse 11, he's the sanctifier. Verse 11, he's the, both he, both he who sanctifies, so he's there as the sanctifier, remember, so he's seated in the person of God, the person of man, the person of the son of God, the person of the son of man, as the uh, appointed heir of all things, anointed, uh, anointed one of God, the captain of our salvation, the, the, he's the sanctifier, he's also seated there as our constant sucker, sucker, um, Hebrews chapter 2, verse uh, verse 16. Uh, constant sacral is help, okay? Uh, constant in the King James actually puts it, uh, Hebrews chapter chapter 2 verse verse 16 and 17. King James puts it in a, in a much more, it suckers as the very, uh, the nature of verse, verse, verse 17, put it verse 17, let's see. Wherefore, uh, made like unto his brethren that he might be able to be a merciful high priest. Now he's a sucker. Yeah, that's the one I'm looking for, okay? For uh, verse 18, for himself has suffered being tempted, he's also able to succor or secure or succor. All right, he's the constant succor. So remember, he's the, he's the appointed heir of God, an, a, anointed one of God, the captain of our salvation. All right, the 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 um, the, the sanctifier. He's a constant succor. In Hebrews chapter chapter three verse one, he's the apostle sent from God. Hebrews chapter three verse one, he's the apostle sent from God. And then in in the book of Hebrews chapter four verse sixteen, he is the instant helper. He is the instant helper that will receive help in time of need. So Christ is our instant helper. Hebrews chapter three, verse four, uh, chapter four, verse fourteen. He's our high priest. So he's seated there as uh, appointed of all things, anointed one of God. The uh, uh, um, 
the uh, captain of our salvation, the sanctifier, the constant sucker, the instant helper. He is seated as the apostle sent from God, the high priest. He is seated there as the minister, our minister, the minister, who, as the minister of the true tabernacle. Hebrews chapter 8, verse 2. He ministers in the true tabernacle. In Hebrews chapter 8, verse 2, he said he's a minister. Hebrews chapter 8, verse 6 is the mediator. He's there as the mediator of the new covenant. He's the mediator of the new covenant and the same thing is Hebrews chapter 10 verse 28 chapter 12 verse 24 he's the mediator of the new covenant and then moving on from there he's not just the mediator but guess what he is the surety Hebrews chapter 7 verse 22 he's the surety surety of the new the new covenant hallelujah a better covenant the surety of a better covenant and then not just that he's not just the surety of a better covenant but he's the executor of the new testament so he's seated in all these wonderful aspects he's as the executor of the New Testament, Hebrews chapter 9, verse 15, verse 16, verse 15, 16, and 17. It talks about he's the 16, particularly 16 and 17, 8. He's the executor of the new covenant. And not just that, is Hebrews chapter 6, verse, verse 20. He is there as our forerunner. I've been talking about it already. He's there as our forerunner. And not just that, guess what? In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, he is the author and the perfecter of our faith. And then not just that, finally, in the, the 20th point here, in Hebrews chapter, chapter 13, verse 20, he is the great shepherd of the sheep. He's seated in heaven with all these wonderful aspects of his heavenly ministry. All these wonderful aspects of his heavenly ministry, ministering himself into us. So when we tend, tend to look at Christ, we tend to Jesus, when we come closer to him, what he does is that uh, we, we, and we begin to see him as um, this all-inclusive one in all these heavenly aspects. He begins to minister himself into us. He begins to minister life into us. He begins to minister strength into us. He begins to minister heaven into us. Don't forget that he's the minister. In Hebrews chapter 8, verse 2, I said he's the minister. He's the minister with of the true tabernacle. And verse 6, I like the way the verse 6 talks about. Verse 6, with an excellent, more excellent ministry. <laughs> I like that word. <laughs> He's the minister of the true tabernacle with a more excellent ministry. That's our Jesus. Now, as he's seated in the heavenly place, remember this. So now, I've, I've spoken about the fact that we have been invited to come into the holies of holies. I've spoken about the fact that the resurrection declared Jesus, made God declare Jesus to be the son and the, uh, the firstborn son from the dead. And then he also was declared to be the high priest. And in his high priestly role, he's seated in heavens, in heaven on the throne of majesty, or on the right hand of majesty. In this, all these wonderful 20 aspects I've spoken about, all these wonderful aspects interceding on our behalf interceding so hebrews let me end on this hebrews chapter hebrews chapter 7 verse 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 25 you like this we've read it but it's good to read it again he says that therefore he's also able therefore jesus is also able watch this to also able to save to the uttermost what does it mean to save to the uttermost he's also able to save to the uttermost those who come to god through him since he always lived to make intercession for them he is the high priest according to the order of melchizedek melchizedek all came to abraham and gave him bread and wine communion 
as he sits in heaven, he also, this heavenly high priesthood, okay, in his heavenly high priesthood, the kingly high priesthood, he is ministering communion and wine to us, and not just communion, uh, not, not bread and wine, not just bread and wine, but guess what? He's also seated making intercession for us. Romans chapter 8, verse verse 834 is Romans 834 says that uh, he who is he to condemn is it Christ who died and furthermore also is also risen who is at the right hand of God who also makes intercession in all of scriptures there are only two places the Bible talks about Jesus making intercession for us there are only two places number one the first one is what we, what we just read is in heaven making intercession for us and the second one is what we read in Hebrews since he ever liveth to make intercession on our behalf. Jesus is making intercession on our behalf as he sits in heaven. He's making intercession. And this intercession means that he's ministering more of himself into us from, so that we can, we can share in his glory from glory to glory. And what are we supposed to do? We are supposed to, first of all, turn into our spirits to, uh, to enjoy the, in, the, the indwelling Christ and turn away from earthly things, religious things, turn away and look unto Jesus Christ so that we can experience him as the heavenly one in all his these wonderful aspects I've spoken about. In all the wonderful aspects. And as we do that, he then ministers himself into us. He ministers heaven into us. He ministers strength into us so that we, being filled and saturated with him, will be able to live the heavenly life and run the heavenly race on, on earth. That is what this heavenly Jesus is doing. And it is necessary for us to begin to look unto this heavenly Jesus. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, it said, looking unto Jesus. Looking, therefore, looking unto Jesus. Looking unto, it said, it said, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, sat at the right hand of God. Uh, at the right hand of the throne of God. He's there. So let's look unto him. And as we look unto him, we'll be able to look at the verse before that. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. He says that, since that we are surrounded with such so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily ensnares us and let us run. Run! The Christian walk is a race. The Christian walk is a race. He said, let us run with endurance. Let us run with endurance. The race that is set before us. There's a race set before us, brothers and sisters. You can't run this heavenly race in your own strength. How do you do that? You have to look unto Jesus. Verse 2. We have to look unto Jesus. Look at verse 2. We have to look unto Jesus. So looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. So as we look unto him, he supplies us with strength. He supplies us with heaven. He supplies us with himself. He supplies us with grace. And he infuses and transfuses all that he is into us so that we'll be able to run this heavenly race on earth. That's what the heavenly Jesus is doing. That's what the today Jesus is doing. He's no more on the cross. He resurrected. And through the resurrection, he was declared the firstborn son of God, he was declared a high priest on our behalf so that he can minister God into us and he can minister on our behalf. I believe that God is going to visit you. I pray for you, my brothers and sisters. God will empower you to rise up 
into your into the higher calling rise up paul says that i i one thing i do pressing on towards the mark of the price of the high or upward calling of of of, of god in christ jesus rise up run the race paul said in first corinthians chapter 9 verse 24 downwards he said i run so as to obtain run the race paul said in in second timothy second timothy chapter 4 verse verse 7 he said i've i've fought a good fight he said i've fought a good fight i finished the race i finished the race i pray that god the same christ who supplies strength for paul to finish his race will supply you and i strength to run the heavenly race receive grace to run the race may you receive grace to run the race may you receive grace to run the race i prophesy into your life that the heavenly race you'll be able to run it you'll be able to run it as you look up to jesus you'll be able to endure to the end as you look up to jesus may you be supplied with strength. May you be supplied with his life. May you be supplied with heaven. May, he have, may heaven come invade earth through your life, through your spirit, so you'll be able to run this heavenly race and live this heavenly life in this earthly realm. In the name of Jesus! I speak a blessing upon your life that throughout your assignment on earth, throughout your work with Christ and work with God on this earth, may you not lose sight of the heavenly calling. He has called up called us with the heavenly calling according to um um second timothy chapter one he said verse eight who has called us with a holy calling or a heavenly calling he has called us with the second timothy chapter one chapter second timothy chapter one who has called us with a holy calling and then hebrews chapter one chapter three verse one he says we are partakers of the, the holy heavenly calling it's a heavenly calling he has called us with a holy calling he has called us with the heavenly calling it says therefore since we are seated with christ jesus let us set in colossians chapter 3 let us set our minds let us set our minds on things above so that you'll be able to run this heavenly race that our christian life is lived from the spirit you this christian race is run with strength from christ you can only run it looking unto jesus if you look at your circumstances if you look at the situations around you if you look at the, your history if you look at your weaknesses or your strength you will fail but if you can look up to christ paul said i am what i am by the grace of god nevertheless i labored more abundantly than them all but yet not i but grace that is in me so he said yet not i by grace he said galatians chapter 2 verse 20 i am crucified with christ nevertheless i live yet not i but christ who lives in me so if you move if you join these two scriptures it tells you that grace is christ in me grace is christ in me religion is trying to worship god without the enjoyment of Christ because it takes grace to relate to God. It takes grace to come to God. Bible says that grace came with Christ. Grace is the only thing that will allow us access into God. Grace is enjoyment of God through Christ. Grace is, this, this is the, I like this definition of grace. Grace is the triune God. The, the Holy, the God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit processed through the, the, the incarnation, the birth, the human living, his, his, his death, his birth and resurrection of Christ. All this, the process of God, now he has become a spirit and been, been given to us for our enjoyment. That's grace. Grace is the enjoyment of God. Grace is enjoyment of all that God is giving to us through Christ. I pray you receive grace to run the race. May God bless you. May God strengthen you. May God empower you. May God throw more light on these things that he has given me the grace to share to you. May he throw more light. Bible says that and Jesus opened their understanding 
understanding that they may understand the scriptures. Luke chapter 24, verse 45. He opened there. I pray for you that I pray that God will give you understanding. May the eyes of your understanding be enlightened that you may know the hope of our calling, the riches of his glories, the glories of our inheritance, and that, that you may know the power that is working at work towards us, which raised Christ from the dead. I pray that God will help you. I pray that God will empower you in the name of Jesus. I, I prophesy by your life that the Easter story will become your story. The resurrection story will be, will be manifested in your life in Jesus' name. Be blessed in Jesus' name. We thank God for using his servant, Reverend Dr. David Entry, to share this awesome word. If this message has blessed you in any way, please spread the word by sharing it and send us an email to amen at caris.org. Remember to stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter for regular updates on what God is doing here at Caris Ministries. Stay blessed.